Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast. The fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic, Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And I'm joined today by the Reverend Ben Hughes. Hello, Ben. Hey, everybody. Los Yetis. We're going to try and fade more, more fadishly this yeah. week as we begin James chapter 2. Professionalism. That's what we're all about here. Oh, it's so hard to do. Did it. James chapter 2. James chapter 2, starting in verse 1. We're reading from the ESV, by the way. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, And if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? which he has promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich ones, are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you've become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty." For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I like that's the word of the Lord. That's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, that's what we got to say. That's a new liturgical ending. Pretty yeah. cool. James chapter 2. Uh, this, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, reading in my commentary about this, the first time I've ever done the podcast having studied uh, before, oh, really? interestingly, yeah, and um, uh, you mean you don't write it all every single word out of these beforehand? The, well, the sandwich thing I planned, obviously, quite yeah. meticulously last <laughs> week. I'm entirely scripted, so <laughs> but the, uh, the, uh, the 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 fascinating thing about this is that the commentary says this is the first time James is coherent. This is the first uh, logical piece of discourse in the letter. Yeah, they're so rude. Uh, yeah, that's a little. Uh, who was that? Doug Moo. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was. It was Dougie Moo. My man. I like Moo. I like yeah. a bit of Moo. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sure he had an easy time at school. Yeah. Yeah. There'd have been no last name like Moo Wolby, something like that. That's a terrible name. It's, it's rough. No, it's good. We love you, Ben. So he's on vacation, so we're making fun of him. I'm surprised he didn't call in for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, a logical, coherent discourse, unlike ours, uh, on what are we going to do without him? We're going to be really off track. Yeah. Uh, logical, coherent discourse. It's talking about judging people, talking a lot about partiality, which is a really cool word. 
uh, and it's a conjunction of prosopon face and lambano receive and it means a face receiver a face receiver someone who treats someone um well because they look nice ah they receive they receive their good face yeah uh, face value they take someone at face value so if they have a valuable face they give them good treatment. So if you come in and you're wearing like your salmon-colored pants and your seersucker jacket, like you would, you mean you my, receive uh, that my biblical justice trousers? Yeah, your biblical justice trousers. If I'm wearing my biblical justice trousers, uh, see the sermon from three weeks ago, then I get treated well. Huh? That's so that's so interesting. So that you 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 receive that those who have the best face. Well, that's actually like it's if you think human. about soci- larger society and like those. It's mm. pr- studies have shown that people who are more attractive uh, tend to make more money mm-hmm. and all kinds oh, of yeah. like indicators they do better in the world. They do. We, we judge people like this. So we had this guy uh, in my previous church who came in uh, and, and he looked exactly like uh, Bert from Bert's Bees. Mm. Um and he came in wild hair, all sorts of stuff. And he was standing in the aisle, just worshipping and, and sort of screaming and being odd. And, and you know, folks kept an eye on him because he was odd. And then, and he was, I mean, he almost had flies buzzing around his head. Mm. Uh, and then when he left, uh, he got into a supercar and drove off. Like he got into like a two hundred thousand dollar car and drove off up the road, like show you, yeah. And, and I just thought, you know, if he turned up in a suit, in his, um, you know, super leggera, or uh, you know, his Lambo, we would, we would have, would we have fawned all over him? He turned up looking like a mess, and so we thought, oh, has he got a bomb vest on? And yeah, I, and that was for me a real lesson of not judging people. And I should have known better when I worked, as you know, in a, in a housing estate where kids didn't have shoes and grandparents didn't have teeth. And, mm. and it was extreme poverty. And I should have known better. Hmm. Yeah, but we, we sort of form those habits. We make those prejudgments, I think, in a lot of ways. At least I find, like... That's the way that I go about my life. Like I have to make, I have to put people into categories because that's what my I do, mm. like as a human. But I think sometimes those don't quite meet the reality, and so I rely too much on like these preformed yeah. boxes that I put people in. Have you seen those gold digger pranks on YouTube where mm. some guy is like leaning on the hood of a Ferrari and asks a girl out, and she says yes, and he walks her over to the Fiat 500 and says, let's go. Hey, I would love to get a, have a Fiat 500. Those are, those are the best. It, it's a very good car. But, but it's, not a, it's, it's, it's not a Ferrari. Uh, Owned by the same name. company. Really? Yeah. So it is a Ferrari. Of sorts, yeah. See, you learn things every day when you hang out with the podcast. As same people who own Lamborghini. Yeah. yeah. But the point is, don't dishonor the poor man, like verse 6, right? So, but, so do we import that very worldly... Uh, thinking into the church. I mean, to use a much more edgy but contemporary example, uh, black friends tell me they get stalked around stores by security guards. Hmm. 
uh, Tracy, who used to work here, uh, she had this story, she was out with a black friend and they were shopping and, and she got her groceries and, and stuff and she threw Tracy the receipt in the trash can of the store and then left the room, left the building. And, and her black friend said, we would never do that. Hmm. And, and explained to Tracy, you know, that's actually a privilege. You're throwing your receipt away before leaving the building because you know no one's going to challenge you. And, you know, that was really shocking mm. when I heard it. Um, and that's a much, a much more uh, tragic example of, of what we're saying. Do we import that thinking, that very worldly prejudice into the church? And if we do, what does God think of it? Well, I think that this is funny. We were so this reminds me of something we were talking about in the youth group. Uh, we went through we went through the Sermon on the Mount and we talked about the Beatitudes. Mm. And uh, Jesus says, you know, we you hear blessed are uh, this group or that group, and the word is actually makarios, which means mm. something like congratulations. And so it's congratulations to the poor in spirit. Uh, congratulations <laughs> to those who mourn. Congratulations meek ones. Congratulations to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Like, uh, it's this upside-down kingdom, like, that we're called <laughs> to be, where all those people that you would think are, like, the the top-notch, uh, mm. the first, are actually the last, and the last are actually the first. And so I think, I wonder how much James has that in the back of his mind as he's writing this and thinking, you know, I almost have this, like, church gathering yeah. envisioned here that he's writing about. Uh, I, I'm thinking mm -hmm. of, like, a million scenarios that are just like this. There were so many whiffs of other scripture through James that you get this sense that he, he knew quite a bit of it, including the really new stuff that was being written down at a very similar time to his own letter. He knows the New Testament, which is interesting. Well, it was Jesus' brother wasn't he yeah he was but i don't think he really he really didn't get it did he till after the cross <laughs> that's true so you know yeah that's that's true it's all in there isn't it so he's he's definitely picking up on that motif i think of this inverted thing about the kingdom um he calls it judgment and he calls it with judges and he calls it evil to to take someone at face value and to treat them as inferior i think that's linked to the opening ver opening word my brothers mm. Uh, we're brothers in Christ, we're equal in Christ, we have an equal identity in Christ, and therefore treating people unequally is is wrong. Yeah. Um, then, then this election concept in verse 5, God chooses the poor to be rich in faith. Mm. Um, Maybe it's because when you're poor, you are you have to rely upon God. You're kind of put in that scenario. Mm -hmm. It's not that necessarily all poor people are rich in faith. No. Uh, or that all rich people are poor in faith. Correct. But uh, poverty has its way of being a faith builder, I guess. Well, <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, we've talked about this many times, that, that you know, uh, prayer is sometimes a last resort or a second resort. You know, when, mm -hmm. when I'm hungry... I typically just go to Trader Joe's and buy food. It's mm. the place um, to go. Yeah, I see you there. Say hi to me while you come to the McCandless Trader Joe's and say hi. Ask for Ben. I do, and then and then instead of buying food, I buy uh, caramel chocolate caramel squares. Mm -hmm. And those haunted house uh, Graham cookie. Well, I, I don't buy that. I'm a Christian. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Good but, call. Yeah. But, no, thank you. 
but I don't mean to judge. Book of second opinions. <laughs> so, so you've got this, uh, this idea that when you're struggling, then you pray. When you've run out of steam, you pray. And poor people have fewer resources, so they have to pray more. And yeah. that's, the, that's the risk of riches. Um, you could, health is a really great example because it's a leveller. Hmm. You know, your, your wealth can't make you well. It might give you better health care, but it can't make you well. And, you know, people pray more when they suffer. Well, that's that's what James talks about and back in, I remember back in chapter 1, I think, mm-hmm. uh, verse 10. Uh, Let the rich boast in his humiliation because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. Mm-hmm. Like death is this great equalizer. And we're yeah. all kind of like, uh, if you're, you know, if you're over the age of 30, I guess you're sort of um, at that point where you're starting to head downhill. Um and no matter how much you have, you're, you're reliant on God for your very breath and your very life. So my wedding ring is now tight because my, my knuckles are swelling because I'm over 42. Wow. Yeah. That's a 42-year-old's thing. It's n- swelling knuckles? Mm-hmm. One of the things I have to look forward to. It's the beginning of the end. Oh, really? I thought I was at that. I'm 30. Oh, it gets worse. Well, uh, one of the guys in the church said to me that when he uh, turned 30, he felt 20. And when he turned 40, he felt 40. <laughs> this kind of, like, terrible moment. He's, he'll be listening to this as well. Um, All right. Shout so out. There you go. Uh, the, and it's not Jim Edwards, just to clarify. We actually have two listeners, as far as I'm aware. Oh, yeah. Hello, Hi, the Jim. other guy. So uh, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has been account- become accountable for it all. That's verse 10. And so there's this sense of like, well, you better not goof up. Otherwise, you're in trouble. And this is really helpful um, that we're being told here, you know, people accuse James of being this works-based righteousness guy who says, you've got to do this, this and this and avoid that, that and that, and then you'll be okay. Mm. That's a mischaracterization of his point. And right here he says, effectively, you've got this perfect standard from God. And if you're going to try and save yourselves through your perfect behavior, you better be perfect in every way. Um, so... We are sometimes going to fail to love our neighbor. That's verse eight. That's a law that summarizes all the laws. And judging people mm-hmm. is an example of failing to love our neighbor. But we're all going to do that. We're all going to fail to love our neighbor. And therefore, uh, it's not like the, the standard is lowered and God's like, ah, I won't, I'll sweep that one under the rug. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. Right. Let's lower them. <laughs> so no one got 100%. Let's grade on the curve and let's move the thing down. Right. It's yeah. not like that. I mean, that's how, that's how, I'll be honest, that's how I think I, I have spent much of my life like operating, like, like grading mm-hmm. on a curve. Like I'm doing a little better than this guy. So, so and the right. irony is, and James is kind of pointing it out, that makes you a judge. Yeah. You're, you're judging yourself, you're judging others, you're measuring yourself against people, you're trying to find someone who's less Christian than you and, and feeling safe in that. Hmm. And um, that's a mistake because your attention is not on God, your attention is not on, um, on on grace. And Yeah, and you, you develop this self-image that you're like good somehow or on your own. Well, I'm better than your, that guy, yeah. Yeah, I'm better than that guy. But the law says, puts an end to that, I guess. Yeah, it does. I think the law there, and this, this is another theme, but the law, it functions to show us that we're not perfect. 
Mm. It's a great, you know, a great function of the law is to reveal to us that we can't keep it. Was that Luther's second use of the law? I forget. Sorry, seminary nerd out moment. We should, be, we should be studying that. Yeah, we should know. Yeah. Um, so speaking, if we were like a really big rich church for the sound guy, he'd be on Google right now looking for that. Yeah. Yeah, just, just give us a couple months. We'll get yeah, there. We're nearly there, aren't we? Uh, speak and act as those who, who are to be judged under the law of liberty. Of liberty. What's the law of liberty, though? That's the question I have. Yeah. And for that, we'll have to tune in because I've not got that far through Mo. Yeah. I understand it. But the, we're looking the, the law of liberty. What is it? I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like different than the law of judgment or yeah. uh, of, of the unmerciful law, if there is such a thing. Maybe the law of liberty is like speak and act by people who've received grace. I think that's right. That's a possible interpretation. The, but... new, the new law yeah. is Christ's grace. I like how you stated it this morning, though. Uh, I felt like you really got right to the heart of it, so we won't need to repeat it. Oh, you're speaking. Uh, yeah, you you really you really figured that one out well in your sermon this morning. I was proud of that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, the judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Wow. I mean, if if we're going to be judging people, then we better get ready to be judged. Hmm. And it's so tempting to judge people, isn't it? You know, have you seen what she's done? I can't believe he's done that. It's entertaining to find someone who's done something bad and to zoom in on it. Oh, yeah. Anybody who's got kids, you, you know, the tittle-tattle and running in with accusations. It's like it's hardwired into us somehow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But mercy triumphs over judgment. Yeah. And that's a wonderful piece of news, isn't it? God's mercy triumphs over judgment. He's a merciful God. He's a judgmental God. Yeah. And if we avail ourselves of his mercy, then we avoid his judgment. Yeah, we stand in the fire. Um, Once you know how much you've been forgiven, it gets a lot easier to forgive other people. You know, because my offences against God are, are off the scale. He's perfect. Mm. There's, no, there's not a God scale. And so my offenses against him are infinite. What is it that Jesus says to the, you know, when the woman's washing his, his feet uh, with her hair mm. uh, and he's at dinner at the Pharisee, this like really self-righteous Pharisee's house. And he says, uh, you know, her many sins have been forgiven because she loved much. But the one who's been forgiven little loves little. Yeah. And I want to be a person of love. It gets, it gets easier to forgive people when you know you've been forgiven. Hmm. And, and... Likewise, quite judgmental people are often really harsh on themselves. Hmm. Yeah. What is it? I heard somebody say, like, uh, you can't give love. You can't love others if you don't love yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then the world, like, flips that around a bit and says, oh, okay, then. Well, then, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a lover of self. Yeah. <laughs> not like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not like, uh, let's... It's, Treat yourself or pamper yourself. So we're on a tightrope in a way because the yeah. spirit that sets us free, this law of liberty and mercy, convicts us of what we've done wrong and then reveals to us how much we've been forgiven, which should make us forgiving. Um, yeah. 
you then could fall off the other side and start therefore presuming upon the grace of God and doing what you like. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and that's an equal risk. Hmm. Uh, and I think this is where we have to come back again to this idea of mercy. There's not some unusual tightrope to walk in order to get to salvation. Hmm. There is a narrow way, but that way is Jesus. Yeah. It's grace. Yeah, you kind of fall off the tightrope and then you get caught in the arms of God. You either become legalistic or licentious. Yeah. And uh, I think James is calling here to live under this mercy that we have and to ex- and to extend it to others. Hmm. And that goes right back to where he started and saying that this, this partiality thing, judging people by what they look like, is, is a mistake. Because yeah. God isn't looking at that outward appearance. He's looking at the heart. Yeah, you judge somebody else in the church. What is the ultimate reality of them? Uh, they're, mm. they're, they're purchased by Christ. Yeah. Like they, this is the beloved of God who's been uh, bought with his costly blood. And yeah. so who are you to say that that person's poor? Yeah. <laughs> they're the richest person in the world, I guess. Um, no, I know. And this is the bride of Christ. Hmm. I just don't want to be like that weird drunken uncle at the wedding, you know, sort of like on the side, mm-hmm. just shouting into a punch bowl. Yeah. The, the bride of Christ is adorned and I, I, I love our church. I, can, yeah. I think I want our church to wake up to the reality of who she is in Christ, hmm. which is this beautiful chosen one. Yeah. Uh, without Ben, we'll be here. There's technically no way of ending this podcast, yeah. listener. Uh, we would just keep talking until he returned, uh, or Jesus returned, either of them. Yeah. I, and um, don't get tempted. I, I can see I can see where you're going to go with that joke, and I think it's risky. I'm saying nothing. Okay. And so just abruptly, the Los Yetis will just play us out, and then next week Ben will be back and, and things will all be fine. Yeah, it'll all be okay. Thanks for joining us, the church. It's been it's been really fun. Bye, everybody, and uh, we will see you next week. Well, we won't. That's gibberish. But you'll hear us next week. Yep. God bless and cheerio. Bye.